Welcome to the Messenger Podcast. I hope that you will sit back and take a few moments to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord would like to say to you today. He is encouraging us and challenging us to not be afraid, but to be strong in the power of His might. Now, let's go to today's podcast. Before I begin with today's podcast, I'd like to first of all say hello to our brothers and sisters in Christ listening in Poland and also those of you listening in Italy. I really look forward to blessing all of you with what the Lord has given me today and to all of you listening from around the world. We are in very different times, I'm sure you are all aware of. My podcast today is kind of a precursor to what I will be sharing in my next podcast next week. This is indicative of where we are, but the word that I have for next week is something that has been an encounter I had with the Lord, something that I've been really unpacking and attempting to put into order as the Spirit of God directs me because it was such an event and such a tremendous moment with the Lord that I feel is for the body of Christ at this time now, and I want to present it properly. But before that, the Lord has given me a prophetic teaching, if you will, that I'm going to share today. Sometimes the Lord puts us in the school of the Holy Spirit, and through that, in the teaching, the prophetic voice of the Lord begins to speak to us in deep places in our soul that we need to have addressed or encouraged or perhaps probed. And so that's what this teaching is about this prophetic insight, teaching, school of the Holy Spirit, whatever we want to call it. I encourage you not to think that this is going to be just a quick five-minute lesson and it's time to go get another cup of coffee. I would encourage you to talk to yourself in the Spirit right now and tell your flesh to settle down and to take time to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the churches. The words, the harsh winds of life, have been playing themselves over and over in my mind. As I have pondered them and have allowed the voice of the Holy Spirit to instruct me as to why I have been impressed with this statement, I sense the Lord addressing many deeper issues that are well anchored and maintained within our souls as believers. Harsh winds. These blustery currents in the natural can be devastating to property, trees, and all living, breathing creatures. We have all seen what the devastation of hurricanes and tornadoes can do in a very short amount of time. Often when listening to the traumatic stories of those who have lived through a nightmarish storm, the realities of what they hold near and dear have been laid bare and brought to the surface. Many weep over the loss of family photographs or tender things like grandma's old chip china and are unconcerned about larger material items, but are deeply thankful for the safety of family members after a traumatic event. Others are shaking fists at the sky and are enraged that they have been infringed upon during a difficult time and want somebody else to pay for it. The harsh winds of life blow upon the godly and the ungodly. No one is exempt. There are some of life's storms that threaten to blow away everything we've depended on as well. Friendships are tested, relationships are strained, and the Lord uses these harsh winds blowing against our lives to remove the crusty chaff that can form and harden around the seed of our lives. Those who are independent in nature find a bitterness creeping into their attitudes and heart. They feel infringed upon when things are not easily controlled or maneuvered in their favor. And so, 
the Holy Spirit allows the winds to blow until a conviction penetrates the self-centered soul and exposes the fleshy comfort zone of my way, my world, my rights. In Ecclesiastes 8.8, it says no man has power over the wind to contain it. So no one has power over the day of his death. And no one is discharged in time of war. So wickedness will not release those who practice it. How long will the harsh winds blow? As long as we practice wicked behavior in the eyes of the Lord, and no matter how hard we try, we cannot stop it. He is winnowing us, allowing us to be caught up into the refining wind of the Holy Spirit's conviction so that the chaff and waste places in our souls are removed. And trust me, my friends, anything that you may be hiding or pretending wasn't that bad that harmed someone else, well, God will allow it to come to the light, to either be judged or to be cleansed. And yes, there may be consequences that you don't like. We can't harm other people or abuse them sexually prey upon them, spiritually abuse and dominate or slander, and then pretend that it wasn't that big of a deal. It's a huge deal to God, and He will continue to pursue us in order to cleanse us if we allow Him access. Yes, you can say, ouch, right about now. Chaff must be removed, but why? Chaff is a waste material plowed into the soil or burned. Chaff as a waste product from grain processing shows us a symbolic use of the idea that refers to something seen as worthless. Now this is where we read to separate the wheat from the chaff from Matthew 3. It means to separate things of value from things of no value. Another example is in Psalm 1 which says, Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. We Christians often presume that because we are redeemed through the beautiful sacrifice of Christ for our lives, that we have an opportunity for an easier and more privileged life. This is simply not so. We are given a shield and a holy stamina to withstand the wiles of this world, but no free passes to a life of ease. The Lord loves all of mankind, and he longs for all of mankind, that includes you and I, to come to a place of trust in his way, not our way, fully stripped of self-will, self-gratification, self-justification, and self-focus. Matthew 5.45 says, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I know, I know, this stings. James 3.14 says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Now I can hear a few righteous folks saying, I would never boast about envy. Well, selfish ambition is well hidden in our personal behaviors. We offer gifts or opportunities for others to be blessed or helped as long as we are feeling in control and benevolent at the time of the offer or good intention. But when the winds of life shift and the Lord allows the chaff of waste materials in our soul to be tornadoed, bitterness and exclusive rights abound. Huffiness, abrupt harshness, and passive aggression, which really means getting even, 
will manifest and expose the soul's clinging nature, which does not want the hand of God stripping away any safety veneer that we use to protect our approach to life. My friends, a change in the spiritual climate has occurred. John 6:18 says a strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Jesus allowed the wind to be a teaching point for his disciples. They had walked with him, talked with him, and served alongside him. But trusting him when the storms and harsh winds blew revealed a weakness that we all must look at. And often, we trust the Lord when things are going our way. But when the harshness of a storm blows us off the course that we set, many times we run to our own devices or plan B. So many at this time in this difficult age are screaming, Lord, don't you care about me? The winds are blowing and I am fearful for my life. If you love me, why are you allowing this horrid event to occur? Even Peter, in his zeal to get out of the boat and see if it was indeed Jesus calling to him to come, once he was out of the safety of his own control and the winds blew against him, he focused on the wind and not upon Jesus, who was there the whole time. Peter cries out, Lord, I am perishing. Save me. Friends, control is a deep, deep need. Perhaps the deepest need people have is for control. When we feel out of control, we experience a powerful and uncomfortable tension between the need for control and the evidence of inadequate control. Without the presence of God in our lives, we will attempt to control everything, every event, and every person around us in order to attain the sense of order and identity power that we crave. Drawing near to God. You know, it was James, the brother of Jesus, who wrote to the believers in Jerusalem, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. That's James 4.8. If we draw near to God, he will respond and draw near to us. Drawing near to God is spending time with Him, worshiping Him, praying and talking to Him, inviting Him into every aspect of our lives, every part of our life. We need to bring our heart under His Lordship. James gives us the blueprint for drawing near or right up close to the Lord. If you've committed sin, confess it, get rid of it. Next, ask the Lord to examine your heart, your motives, and the things that make you do what you do. Bring your heart under His Lordship as well. May our actions be manifestations of a clean heart and conscience. Allow Him to remove the chaff, the wasted time controlling things, and trust Him to align your life. Now notice that when He writes about this, He says, Purify your hearts, double-minded people. What does he mean by double-minded? Well, a person who is double-minded is drawn in two completely different directions. And so he or she will get nowhere fast because loyalty is divided. They will vacillate between faith and unbelief. And a double-minded person is unstable in his or her ways and her spiritual walk is inconsistent because 
he or she tries to serve God and his or her own interests and gamble their life against the harsh winds. We've all learned that this kind of living never works. You cannot serve two masters. Friends, again, I say this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The master that you serve, whether it be hiding something that is a secret sin or offense to the Lord, or things that you are aware of that have dishonored others, they will be brought into the light one way or the other. If you think you can hide it, if you think you can gloss it over, God will eventually bring it into the light and have you exposed for deception. Or you choose to get the help you need, and you can humble yourself. Yes, there may be consequences you don't like because of your actions and choices, but repentance and accountability will save your soul. It may not save your marriage. It may not save your ministry. And it may not save your job or your relationships, but it will save your soul. Because humility enters and God can recreate what has been destroyed and damaged. God doesn't play games. No one is going to get very far with God by playing spiritual games. It will soon be discovered that the only person playing the game will be you, yourself, and again, you. It's just like people thinking that they can ride the fence into the kingdom. There is no riding the fence and there is no lukewarm support group. You're either in or out. If we really want to know him, we are going to have to get serious about our relationship with him. We don't want difficult. And I will tell you right now that even as I write and speak these words, I can feel the resistance to pruning are you in a pruning, shocking, getting trimmed back, difficult season right now? Well, most everyone is. Are you feeling like your wings have been clipped? Are you seeing a pattern maybe of lethargy and a dullness of joy maybe in your daily life? Don't waste those struggles, friends. Know that God is very, very intentional and He has a good plan for all of it. Every challenge is an opportunity to practice walking one day at a time with really clear thinking and gratitude. And he is right there inside you to help you. Like I said before, we don't want difficult. But my, oh my, I do want to be like him. So I'm in surrender mode right now, friends. I'm saying, cut away, Lord. Go deep. Why? because I want all that he has for me. I want the fruit. I want all that abundance, and I know it's waiting for me when this weird and awkward season changes. There is another phenomenon I find that happens during the process when the harsh winds of life are bearing down, and one that I find that is unhealthy to ignore. The enemy of our soul is observing and is feverishly taking notes about this difficult process, and I believe he finds it quite enjoyable. He laughs and ridicules and flings missiles of insults that shout that only a loser needs this kind of difficult adjustment. This is, of course, a lie, but one which can tend to be believed on a bad day. Listening to the wrong voice can tempt us to believe the blowing away of chaff in our lives is punishment and comes from God being mad at us. It can cause us to pull back from deeper fellowship or social engagements. 
social distancing tools like FaceTime, Zoom, Instagram. These paralyze honesty, transparency, and humility. It can lead to self-hatred, self-protection, denial about how we hurt others with half-truths, and so on. But I am truly becoming more aware in my spirit that God can only use me, or best use me, through the partnership of His power and my weakness. A wise and well-tested man by the name of Alan Hood must have had a few pruning clippers dig into his life at a time or two and learned this lesson. He stated, To be pruned is to lose the resources, whether monies or physical strengths, upon which everyone around you measures you as successful. Let's read that again slowly. To be pruned is to lose the resources, whether monies or physical strengths, upon which everyone around you measures you as successful. Trying to use old things when God is trying to give us new things is really such foolishness. Psalm 85 talks about restoration, retooling, and revival. Verse 8 says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to His people, His saints, but let them not return to folly. I'm trusting the Lord's good and gracious hand in the process that the world is experiencing right now. I know God does not intend to leave even a healthy fruit-bearing branch how it is, but He is always after a more abundant harvest for His people. I don't get it, I don't like, or want difficult. But I also don't want a puny little sick-looking basket of bitter, green, unusable fruit out of life. He will give the increase when I reach the end of this seeming devastation of stymied ideas and put-on-hold plans. And let me tell you something crazy. I feel it coming, the increase. I'm learning to walk in harmony, in tune with that truth that He is dwelling like healthy sap in me and will keep sin and despair from having dominion over my life. That's Romans 6.14. Your life, too. You know, a moment in His anger is a lifetime in His favor. God disciplines for a moment when He wishes to get our attention, and our lives may indeed become painful for a period, but then comes His favor. God doesn't delight in either our depression or our damage. And when He begins to deal with the chaff in our lives, it is for our advantage that we may be conformed to His likeness and reflect His holiness. When we sense God's disapproval, when it appears He is withdrawn from us, it is only so that we see our utter need of Him. When life seems to be so sour, when everything crumbles, when we must remember what we say we believe, that's God's favor with us because of Christ's worthiness given to us, because we are adopted and are His, which means that His favor always wins out over his disapproval. This picture is painted well by the words, weeping remains for a night. Weeping and sorrow are pictured as a traveler who comes to stay for a night. The pain and sorrow we feel may seem as though it has moved in with us like an unwelcomed guest who decides to stay for a very long time. Rejoicing, though, comes in the morning. Your mourning will dissipate in the morning. Your winter will melt into summer. 
God will replace your sighing with singing. Grief will give way to gladness. What once was bitter will be made sweet, and what once was a desolate wilderness will be transformed into a paradise. Like the first rays of the sunshine which dispel the harsh winds and the gloom of night, God gives us joy when the darkness of our problems seem as though they will never leave. Your cross is his glory. And what is so crucial to understand is that as a Christian, your life will be filled with times of weakness and strength, with want and wealth, with disgrace and honor, with crosses and comforts, miseries and mercies, joys and sorrows, delight and mourning. All this cycle of separating chaff from our lives reoccurs many times in our lives, and it moves us from the cross to glory. For your own health and so that you find all your satisfaction in Christ alone, God will send you times of great growth and other times of emptiness. When the harsh winds blow, know that God desires that you find your hope and comfort by His own fire. When the balmy breezes come, give Him praise and thanksgiving for the warmth He provides. Psalm 57.1 says, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Friends, we're in a disaster. We're in a time where it's difficult, and he is asking us to allow his work to be done. Many people are praying that judgment will come upon the governments of the world. Well, the scripture says that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. And that means each of us as individual dwelling places of the Lord. And then, of course, it extends to our ministries, our families, our businesses, our relationships. And the Lord is at work. How can he judge the wicked when there's wickedness in the church, when there's wickedness in us, when we're hiding things that he has warned us about or that perhaps we have done and it has caused tremendous heartache for others. It is time for us to be adult in the Lord, to mature in the faith. And if there is something that you have done, and I feel this is an unction or a word of the Lord coming to someone or several listening, if you have done something to harm someone else sexually, emotionally, relationally, financially, if you have preyed upon someone and um, blamed them and hidden your own sexual attempts to have an affair or to cheat behind the scenes, the Lord is giving you time to make a decision to go tell your wife or your husband and then get the help you need. Get to a good Christian counselor. Get this worked out. God can restore and redeem and make it sweet and holy again. But your breach of conduct before the Lord will have to be brought out into the light. If you don't, someone will eventually tell on you. And this is not good for the body of Christ to have these big public upheavals. But if that's what it takes in order for us to be right with the Lord, He will do what He must do in order to purify His bride. This is chaff. These are the things we do that cause that unholy, unclean waste product in our lives to cling to the seed of God that is supposed to be used as bread to be fed to others. I ask you for courage. I ask you to act in obedience and humility. Go to your wife, go to your husband, go to your children, go to your boss. Whatever it is you need to do, 
and tell them the truth. And there will be consequences. But with that also comes the mercy and grace of God to help you rebuild what has now become a false life. Father, we come to you and I thank you for these words. I know they're not easy. I know this message was not easy. I didn't really want to give it. But Father, I thank you for your strength and your mercy and your grace. I thank you that the fear of the Lord is greater than the fear of man. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's better to have one day in your courts, one day in your house, than a thousand elsewhere. We worship you and we pray for the world. We pray that you would awaken your bride to cleanliness, to truth, to let the chaff be blown off, that we would be a humble but a strong bride, that in our weakness, that's where you have your greatest strength. And I ask you now, Father, to seal these words in the hearts of those that have listened and that you will let them be stirred up that this thing they're feeling, which they might be feeling as dread, is really the enemy telling them it's dread, but it's conviction. It's the hard place we have to look at, and yet there's the desire to weep and, and clean out. Lord, I ask that you help people get on their face before you and confess what they need to, to work out what they need to with you. Bitterness, bad attitude, punishment, holding a grudge, all these things that destroy our marriages, our relationships, our families, that you would soften and soften and soften again and shake off the chaff until all that is left is the seed of the good seed, the harvest winnowed in the air that is thrown up into the air and your Holy Spirit blows the winds of life, blows the chaff off. And once it falls back down in as a piece of grain, it can then be ground up and used for the bread of life served out to others. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We want to honor you. And we thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' mighty and all-powerful name. I bless you all today, and I look forward to my next podcast next week that I will be sharing this um, vision experience that I had with the Lord. Uh, it was so intense and so real. And I don't look for these things. They just come and they happen. You can't make it happen. And I feel that it's time for me to share it with you all. And that will be in the next podcast. So ponder this word. Let the Lord work in your heart. Let him blow the chaff away and prepare you for the days ahead. He is with us. He will never leave us. And if you're feeling abandoned or alone right now, this is what he's training you. And he's training you not to feel if he's there and need to have all the physical, emotional comforts but a steadfast spiritual inward knowing that says the Lord is with me. His spirit dwells within me and I will not fear. Have a wonderful week and know that you are loved and the Lord is concerned about you and that he is at work in a way that the world can never understand. The darkness can never compete with it and evil will not win out in the end. God always is faithful to his people. Goodbye for now. If you would like to go to my website at www.marylindo.com, there's resources there for you to listen to. And my podcast is now able to be accessed from that site. It comes out of the feed for my podcast here. And I thank those of you who have been sending the $25, the $50. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you helping me continue to do what I'm impressed by the Lord to do, called of the Lord to do. And during this time, I know many people are feeling the tight pinch, just like me, just like everyone else. And I know that the Lord will provide. I know that he's going to take care of us. And so I thank you for helping take care of me and serving the Lord. May God's grace and mercy walk with you this week.